Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Warning. This is Lyric, and you're listening to Slip Into the Fray on Pacific Northwest Radio, and I'm just happy that we made it through another fucking week. Oh, my God. It's been so busy around here, right, Fingers? Oh, yeah. Jesus. Fingers and I have a fun show tonight. As promised, it's Fetish Night 2, and this is when we're going to get a little more freaky than normal. I picked some of my top, most unusual fetishes to talk about tonight, so let's get ready. Don't pull down the shades. You want your neighbors in on this one. Get comfy. Clothing is not optional. And let's have some fun because life is short and we really need to forget all the bullshit of the day and just play. So let's take the next hour to hang out with each other, listen to some cool tunes and talk about sex because that's what we do here on Slip Into the Fray. No kids. Nowhere but your couch with your computer or smartphone cranked up. Let's get in the mood with this sexy motherfucker, Justin Timberlake, and let's rock your body on Pacific Northwest Radio. Let me rock you to the break of day. Dance with 
Fuck your body. Guess who's in the house? Stone is in the house. Hello. Hey, we love having guests on the show. This show is never vanilla, and tonight we're talking about fetish. Now, it's an add-on to last week's show because last week we talked about some of the kind of more normal, more popular fetishes, but not tonight. So I'm going to start off with this one, and you guys may be a little bit, um, you know, queasy. So. <laughs> I know Stone's having his dinner over there. He's in the dungeon chowing down. Now, I don't have cocker balls, and you guys know that, right? <laughs> Never saw any, no. <laughs> but I find CBT very interesting, and I'm not quite sure what the turn-on is, especially because I don't have cocker balls, but wanted to dig in a little bit further. CBT is an acronym for cock and ball torture. And it's usually including specific techniques and an understanding for the torture of male genitalia. Activities involving application of pain or constriction to the main genitals. And this may involve directly painful activities such as wax play, genital spanking, squeezing, ball busting, genital flogging, urethral play, now, just talking about that, Stone and I were actually at the Taboo Naughty But Nice show, and we went to a booth that had a series of rods, and they were all in different diameters, and we learned that they're actually pushed up into the penis, and it's apparently quite stimulating, and this practice is called sounding. Would you guys be interested in that? Some uh, no, thanks. metal rods in your no. dick? No chance. <laughs> Tickle torture, erotic, electro-stimulation, or even kicking. I'm still talking about the ball and cock torture. The recipient of such activities may receive direct physical pleasure via masochism or emotional pleasure through erotic humiliation or knowledge that the play is pleasing to a sadistic dominant. Many of these practices carry significant health risks. So don't try this at home, kids. (laughs) 
Now, I have to tell you a little about this crazy band I was in years ago. It was called the Rock Jam Boogie Band. And uh, it was actually out of Calgary. And the main guy, who was the ringleader of the band, I won't say his name, but he used to get off on getting his dick kicked in. Wow. Yeah, I know. It was crazy. And I mean really hard. Not just like a little boot. He wanted the boots taken to him. I'm not going to go into too many details because it's going to be part of a book that I'm writing right now called Dear Father, which is very cool. Like right in the dink or right, in the balls? Right in the dink and the Where? balls. Oh, both. Cock and balls. Bam. <laughs> Boat. Say yeah. the name. I know. <laughs> um, nothing that you guys obviously would be interested in. Not going there. Not going there. No kicking of the dink. Fingers is just looking up the sky, going, "Oh my god!" Anyways, getting back to the show. So here's a few uh, devices that you can try if this interests you at all. The first one is called the Humbler, and it consists of a testicle cuff device that clamps around the base of your scrotum, and it's mounted in the center of a bar that passes behind the thighs at the base of, the, of your ass. And this forces you to keep your legs folded forward. If you try to straighten your legs even slightly, it pulls super hard on your balls and the base of your penis. Nice, eh? Cool. There are just one of many devices that actually restrain your cock. A standard padlock may also be locked around the balls. Without the key, it can't be removed. Nice, eh? Do you have mm. any padlocks here in the dungeon? Yeah. Fingers? <laughs> You're yeah. like, yeah, but they ain't going near my balls. <laughs> Some passive men enjoy the feeling of being owned while dominant individuals enjoy the sense of owning their partners. And if you're wearing testicle cuffs, that means your cock belongs to me or the person you're with. Sorry, just got lost in that for a second. There is a level of humiliation involved causing sexual arousal. However, these are extreme uses of testicle cuffs. Normally, the device pulls your balls down and keeps them there during stimulation, which has a number of benefits. Number one, and you guys would probably really get off on this one, it makes the cock look longer because when you pull your balls down away from the base of your cock, it stretches the skin and exposes an inch or two even that's normally hidden from view. Oh, that's good. I know, so it's like, hey baby chow on my big 10 inch when you've only got eight but you're actually got 10 when you do that i'll try that <laughs> and it improves sexual arousal while some men may be aroused by the feeling of being owned and the physical feeling is somewhat like stretching your legs and pointing your toes it also prevents the balls from lifting up so far that they become lodged under the skin it's a condition which can be extremely uncomfortable especially if your balls are squashed by the slap of skin during thrusting it delays and intensifies ejaculation, and it is much harder to reach an orgasm. So that's kind of cool. Just chokes it off a little bit, and then you can last longer. Oh. Yeah, I know. That'd be good, too. Yeah. Now, how about a parachute? Have you heard about the parachute? No. Okay, it's a small collar, and it's usually made from leather, which fastens around your balls, and you can add weights to it. Used as part of a cock and ball torture, the parachute provides a constant drag and squeezing effect on your balls. Moderate weights of three to five kilograms can be suspended, especially during bondage, though occasionally much heavier weights are used. 
Smaller weights can be used when the male wearing it's, it's free to move, and the swinging effect of the weight can restrict sudden movements as well as providing a visual for the dominant partner. Would you guys like to have some weights on your balls? So you like go like to a fishing store and say, like, I need a three-pound weight, I need a yeah. two-pound weight. And yeah, and they'll think you're tests. fishing. They'll think you're fishing, and then you take them home to your partner, and you're like, yeah, I got the weights, baby. Or is there, like, a weight section in the sex shop? With the- there could be. Yeah, and it's like I want three ki- three kilograms. Three That's kilogram, like six pounds. Uh, three kilogram ball weight. None. Okay. Can you order me one? <laughs> Can you order me one? We're out. We're out, sir. I'm sorry. I've got a, a ten kilogram. Would you like that one? <laughs> then there's the ball crusher, and it's a device made from either metal or often clear acrylic that squeezes your balls slowly by turning a nut or a screw. How tight it is clamped depends on the pain tolerance of the person. So there you go. So just keep on tightening that screw. There's also a ball <laughs> stretcher, and it's a sex toy that's used to el- elongate your balls and provide a feeling of weight pulling the testicles away from the body. And this can be very enjoyable for the wearer, and it can also make an orgasm more intense. Your balls are prevented from moving up, intended to make your balls permanently hang much lower than before if used regularly for extended periods of time and this sex toy can be so if you use your balls regularly for extended periods of time they'll hang lower (laughs) if you use this device a ball stretcher they're going to hang to the ground eventually so um, it can actually be harmful to the male genitals as the circulation of blood can be easily cut off if over tightened so if you're going to use that one be careful any of that stuff that permanently changes you is kind of not cool well yeah I know like I really wouldn't want my partner having their balls hang on the floor when they walk yeah and permanently (laughs) permanently it's like whoa so you got to flip them over your shoulder and then like those penis pump things to make your Dink bigger. That's that's okay. Tissue and stuff, though. And <laughs> Wouldn't you want that though? I don't know about the balls to the floor, but the bigger dick might be okay. And then another one is people trying to pull their foreskin to make a foreskin like they're not circumcised is permanently changing you too. Oh yeah, that would. Yeah, I didn't talk about that, but no. um, there's another one for you guys out there that are listening. Permanent damage. <laughs> a lot of permanent damage. The skin oh and God. balls hanging to the floor in this little cock. <laughs> a one inch cock and you got like 30 inch balls. <laughs> Nine inch foreskin that you pulled. It's like woohoo. Oh my God. So using those screws, um, actually the stretcher may vary from one to four inches and the steel models can weigh as much as five pounds or more. Five pounds. That's pretty heavy, right? Wow. Yeah. So you can actually make these at home if you want to, and it can be by putting uh, wrapping rope or string around your balls until it eventually stretches to the desired length. <laughs> so there you go. To my mouth. Fingers. <laughs> to your, there you go. I know. You just you would never leave the dungeon. If you could get your balls in your mouth, I'd never see you again. If you don't have weights, can you use like cans of food on inside? You could use cans of food yeah. if you wanted to, sure. Yep, spaghetti, cans of spaghetti. <laughs> cans wow. of chili. Crazy, eh? Ball busting. So it's, it's another form of CBT in which a, you know, a man has his testicles kicked, kneed, punched, or squeezed, like that guy I talked about a little bit uh, before my old band. But it carries a lot of health risks, including the possibility of permanent damage to your balls, obviously. Right? 
On that note, I think fingers in stone probably need to grab a beer. So let's take a listen to one of my favorite girls getting down with her bad self. Here's I Touch Myself by the Divinals on Pacific Northwest Radio. Warning, explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. (laughs) This is Lyric and Fingers and Stones in the house tonight. 
hanging in the dungeon. And hey, boys, it's fetish night too. Yeah, and I think the only time I enjoy sore balls is from blue balls. Blue balls. Like they hurt so much. It's like this is cool. <laughs> it's like it's so I'm good. I'm gonna leave it like that. Make it hurt some more. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So the blue balls is that when um, you haven't been laid for a long time and you're just like super horny, or is it when you're with somebody and they don't let you come and then they leave and then you walk away? Well, like I guess either. Could right? happen within just a few days. Oh, it's not just okay. a long time. Just a few days, and especially if you're super horny, if there if there's a sexy woman around or something, it gets your hormones going. Oh yeah. And if nothing happens or whatever, then yeah, you get blue balls really quickly. But that's kind of a neat pain. Yeah, I guess it would be. I mean, girls don't get that, so I have no idea what that feels like. But um, it's a lot better than squeezing or bashing them with hammers or <laughs> anything. <laughs> you know what I actually get, and I, a lot of girls get this. I've talked to other girlfriends, and after I've been fucked really hard the night before, I can still feel the cock inside me the next day, and it makes it makes my walls of my my uh, vagina really, you know. Inflamed? Um, vibrating almost. Oh. Yeah, sometimes they vibrate. So that's cool. So maybe it's kind of the same. I don't know. Anyways, I'll never know that about your blue balls. But like you don't get a rolling pin out and start rolling the vagina <laughs> and pain and stuff. Like, There's no... It's all about balls. It's all about <laughs> balls. Yeah. No, I don't use a rolling pin for anything. I don't even cook. So there you go. You There's no baking. Lip out and roll it on the marble... <laughs> Breadboard. Yeah, it's like... Ouch. (laughs) I guess you could really make your lips super big if you did that. with a rolling pin. Pull them. Especially those electric ones. Well, the electric (laughs) ones. Oh, my God. No kidding. Well, you can actually... And I've seen porn where they actually um, have little hooks on girls' lips, and they do the same with the weights. (laughs) So there you go. Maybe, you know, would that turn you on? Some big super lips? Well, I've seen um, women pump themselves up and this thing the size of like <clears throat> a fist comes out and it's quite weird looking where's the fist coming out of their vagina <laughs> well all that stuff swells up like oh like this thing like that <laughs> oh my god wow that's hot and yeah permanently blue. affected is it blue <laughs> she said on the thing that she likes doing it and going to the superstore and sweats or something and seeing people's reactions with this big Oh my god. This okay, you, you gotta pull some up on the internet. Well, it's live. I, oh, well, that's okay. Yeah. Just turn the sound down. Well, you <laughs> let's, have to let's wait pull for it them out. to do it again. <laughs> I wanna see it now. Oh my god. So, did you guys know there's actually a fetish Facebook? It's crazy. It's totally got it going on. If you guys are into fetish and you want to check it out, it's fetlife.com. And there's photos and videos and you can follow people and connect with people and there's stories and it's like fetish potpourri. There's every single fetish that you want on there. There's people doing their thing and and, uh, if you're into something specific, go there. If you want it, they got it. So go and check that out. All right. Yeah. Cold Ethel. You know Alice saying about her, right? Who? Alice Cooper. Cold Ethel. Cold Ethel. You should check out that song. Oh. Necrophilia. It's also called tophilia, and it's a sexual attraction or sexual act involving corpses. Wow. I know. It's crazy. So, Roseman and Resnick in 1989 reviewed information from 34 cases of necrophilia. 
describing the individual's motivations for their behaviors. So necrophilia, people that are into this, develops poor self-esteem and perhaps due to a significant loss. So sometimes they are very fearful of rejection from others and they desire a sexual partner who is incapable of rejecting them and or they are fearful of the dead and they transform their fear by means of reaction formation into a desire. They develop an exciting fantasy of sex with a corpse sometimes after exposure to a corpse. Now, I've, I've have you ever seen anybody that's been dead in real life like maybe Okay, not, I I stay away from it. Yeah, well, I've I've had two dead bodies in my, you know, in my life in the past and just touching them and how cold they are, I couldn't imagine wanting to have sex with them. But like I always say to the show, whatever you're into, you know, to each his own, but for me, I mean, it's kind of, you know, quite out there, but um about 68% of people are actually motivated by desire for the unresisting and unrejecting partner and that's why this you know philia gets gets around i guess 21% um, want a reunion for a lost partner 15% by sexual attraction to dead people 15% by a desire for comfort or to overcome feelings of isolation and 12% by a desire to remedy low self-esteem by expressing power over a corpse. IQ data was limited but not abnormally low and about half of the sample of these people had a personality disorder and 11% of true necrophiles were psychotic. Rossman and Resnick concluded that their data challenged the conventional view of necrophiles as generally psychotic, mentally deficient, or unable to obtain a consenting partner. Hi, Studio Kitty. How are you? Also, role players. So people who get aroused from pretending their live partner is dead during sexual activity. This is part of this thing, right? Romantic necrophiliacs. They bereave people who remain attached to their dead lover's body. That's crazy, eh? Mm-hmm. I know, they've got that attachment. Necrophilic fantasizers are people who fantasize about necrophilia but never actually have sex with a corpse. Then there are tactile necrophiliacs, and they are people who are aroused by touching or stroking a corpse without engaging in intercourse. There are fetishic necrophiliacs, and these are people who remove objects like panties or a tampon or body parts like a finger or um, your, your lips or your vagina or whatever from a corpse for sexual purposes without engaging in intercourse. Wow. So they like to take little, little prizes. And there is the necromutilomaniacs, and they are people who derive pleasure from mutilating a corpse while masturbating without engaging in intercourse. So they just mutilate it and then they jerk off on it. Wow. I know. There are uh, opportunistic necrophiliacs, and there are people who normally have no interest in necrophilia, but take the opportunity when it arises. So it's like, I'm not really interested, but there's a dead body, so I'm going to fuck it. <laughs> nice, eh? And then there's the regular necrophiliacs, and they are people who have intercourse with the dead. That's just the way it is. Then there's the homicidal necrophiliacs, and it's people who commit murder in order to have sex with the dead. Last is the exclusive necrophiliacs, and they are people who have an exclusive interest in sex with the dead and cannot perform at all with living partners. 
So you remember Jeffrey Dahmer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so he was probably the most notorious necrophiliac. In order to be aroused, he had to murder his victims before performing sexual intercourse with them. Dahmer stated that he only killed his victims because they wanted to leave after having sex and would be angry with him for drugging them. That's why he did it. Wow. I know, it's crazy. Should have gave him an option. Yeah, I know. It's like, come on, maybe, you know? It's like, maybe it's okay that you drugged me. Don't kill me. Yeah. I find it really interesting that most countries have specific laws regarding necrophilia, but in the good old USA, there is no federal legislation specifically barring sex with a corpse. There are 28 states that have their own laws that run from misdemeanors to felonies, and I have no idea how those other states handle things, but isn't that crazy? I know, it's just like nuts, right? It's like, okay, well, it's okay to fuck somebody that's dead. But you can't kill them. You can't kill them. But if they're lying on the side of the street and they're dead, yeah. go ahead. Have your way with them. Um, <clears throat> when you're in rig full rig or whatever. Yes, full rig, yes. Does a guy have a hard on or not? I talked about that in the last show. So when we were talking about people that were hung back in the 18th century and they had a post-mortem erection. Uh, so you, you can actually have a post-mortem erection. I wonder what the chances are of having one. I don't know if I want to find it. Forever. I don't know. Forever, yeah. It's like until you go up in flames, <laughs> it's like man. Girl's dream. <laughs> so the wonder if the embalming fluid goes in there and fills it up too. So if there's a girl that's a necrophiliac, she can use that body over and over and over until they start to like you know fall off the bone. <laughs> So, you know, me and my sick mind, I actually wonder if there's ever been a study done on people that work with the dead. You know, they say pedophiles are usually working with the youth, they're teachers or scout leaders, etc. But what about the funeral trade? I, I have I a feeling know. that they end up being pretty weird people. Yeah. Whenever you see them in movies and stuff, they're always eating chips and stuff around <laughs> the body. Like, yeah. Like, this is no big deal. It's so no they, big deal. They probably get pretty weird and do weird things. You know what? I think... I don't know. I probably would. I would want to just try it. Like, stick your finger in there. They're weird to start with. Like, they're weird who to goes start into with. that field? Yeah, it's like, I want to be a funeral director it when I grow up. It might just be for that reason. <laughs> it might, see, that's what I'm saying, yeah. right? You know, well, you, you want to be around. Wow. Love blonde. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hi, yeah, he was just pretending that he was jerking off. I know this isn't TV. But <laughs> Anyways, that's where my mind goes. Now let's get out of that for or, a minute. Or like their fetish of like shaving the vagina oh, and stuff. Shaving the vagina. Carving up like a turkey. There. I know. It's like <laughs> <laughs> their little knives all sharpened. Or maybe braiding it. Braiding the hair. Oh my god. <laughs> We're gonna talk about hair a little bit later, but right now let's listen to some madness by Muse on Pacific Northwest Radio. <laughs> Some kind of mad 
in the house. Hello. Stone just finished eating. The guys just cracked another beer. Tonight, it's fetish night, too. And we're talking about some of the fetishes that aren't considered to be that popular or talked about. And the next one that I want to talk about is coprophilia. Anybody? No. Okay. No. No. Arousal to feces. (laughs) Two girls in a cup, anyone? (laughs) Did either of you guys ever see that video? Yes. Yes. Two girls fill a cup with shit and then they proceed to smear it all over their bodies. And eat it. And eat it, yeah. I've actually seen other videos where a woman would shit on the floor and then pick it up and eat it or make someone else eat it. Again, not my cup of tea, but whatever floats your boat. So coprophilia is where people get sexual pleasure from feces. Sexual excitement typically comes from either watching somebody shit on somebody else or they themselves shit on someone. And there are those, it's a really small percentage actually, that become sexually aroused when they are shit on. I actually had a friend, I don't know if I if I'd ever told you guys this story or not, but he used to hire a hooker and uh, she would come to his house. And the deal was that she ate nothing but beans for a few days and then she would take a laxative before she came over. 
he would lie on a glass table and she would squat over it and shit on it. And he'd pay her 200 bucks for doing that. I'd say not bad for 10 minutes work and a can of beans. <laughs> <laughs> and then he would actually lay under the table and jerk off while she was doing that. And she never had to wipe it up. He would just do I'll whatever with it after. Maybe eat it. Who knows? some more. Maybe he'd save it and, and wipe it on. Who knows? I don't know. He never told me <clears throat> the, the rest of that details, but it was quite a joke. And he told everybody about it. I, at really first we thought it was lube. a joke, but what's that? It's really good lube. It is good lube. Okay, keep the poo away from <laughs> the hands over there. <laughs> is it good lube? I don't know. Oh, it probably would be. Maybe the diary. If there was beans in it, probably not. <laughs> not well, so yeah, much. Fiber. Fiber. <laughs> Fiber's good. I actually read this from an online discussion group. So this is from a young guy. And he said, it all started when I was young. I hated white underwear. And for some reason, when I wore them, I would get turned on. Eventually, it felt odd and good that I urinated in them. I used to wet my bed for days. And when I was a young boy, stopped when my parents found out about it. When I was young, I hated bowel movements. It felt super gross. And after I discovered masturbation, I eased my bowel movements by masturbating. It felt so good, and my bowel movements weren't so gross after that. I don't know how it happened, but the two finally caught up to each other, and I became accustomed to the smell when I masturbated. Everything escalated as time went on. I've been in this fetish for a while now, since I was 12 years old, and now I'm 18. True story. Mm. So um, that that's something interesting. So... I won't even ask you guys if you've done it, but have you ever heard of that before where um, taking a shit and masturbating at the same time, could you do it? Could you ejaculate, do you think? I don't I don't know anything about it, so yeah. I don't know. It doesn't seem like it would be something you'd you want wonder, to do. Because you wonder the pressures, the different... But I don't know. It's not erotic to me, so I wouldn't... You wouldn't even think of it, right? Try. It's like, I'm going to take a big shit and jerk off. <laughs> So is, somebody's taking a shit. Is anal sex tie into this fetish at all? Like, do people in, feel that it's something to do with this that gets them more excited? Yeah, it doesn't. He didn't talk about that. I think that's a totally different mm. entity. But um, so it could play into it. Like, mm-hmm. this is weird and gross. Or like, however, it works <laughs> for a fetish to take off and be make you feel yeah, better. Yeah, I think it's more of the. Letting the poo out and oh. the pressure of feeling the bowels, you know, move move the the log out and. <laughs> Hopefully, it's a log. <laughs> Hopefully, it's a log. <laughs> now, the most infamous co-prophiliac was allegedly Adolf Hitler. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> so Greg Hallett, in his chapter, Hitler's Sexuality, and this was from 2008 book, Hitler Was a British Agent, wrote, Hitler was sodomized, creating a submissive, distant respect for homosexuals, like his bodyguards and some of his highest-placed leaders. His natural bent was developed into coprophilia, with being shat on, you know. Uh, with Hitler, it was sadomasochism, coprophilia, and homosexuality. Wasn't sodomized eh? by a sick fuck, was he? <laughs> Are you going to tell the rest of the joke? No. <laughs> That's good. I want your sex. I want you. Here's some George Michael on Pacific Northwest Radio.
Warning, explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> We're back. This is Lyric, and you're listening to Slippin' of the Fray here on Pacific Northwest Radio on my sidekick fingers. Yeah. I'm surprised you're not checking out some of this stuff on the internet while we're chatting. Not really a big poo guy. Not a big poo guy, Stone. Not a big poo guy. Not at all. No. <laughs> Though I have seen a couple of live girls with dildos. In their ass. Yeah, and then they pull, pull it out and a piece of shit would come flying out. And I'm like, whoa, that's <laughs> weird, but not that bad. <laughs> you're like, that's okay. I don't mind like, seeing that. They're, they're okay with it, like. If that yeah. happened to me or something, I'd be like, oh my God, I can't let people see this. No kidding. But they're like, yeah, that's what happens. <laughs> oh my God. Well, it's kind of like the story of women when they're pregnant and they're giving birth. And the fear for women is not about getting the kid out of you. It's about shitting on the table. Oh. That's the fear. And so most women, you know, they try and make sure that's all clean down there before they start pushing. Yeah. But Probably wouldn't eat lasagna the night before. <laughs> I know a friend of mine who had a baby. She said, yeah, and the doctor just took a little tong and just picked up the piece of poo and put it on the on the other table. It's like, oh, my God. Fuck. <laughs> Anyways, um, so Stone is in the dungeon tonight, and uh, we're working on our album Head, and you were in the studio all day doing some keys. How was that? How did it go? went really good. Really good? All day. You were here all day. and I've been here all day. You have, and I, I did a couple tracks, too. Got some vocals done. So Sheldon Zaharko, the fucking badass guy in the town. So if anybody out there is listening and you want to do an album project, please get in touch with him. Zed Productions. And, um, yeah, he's fucking rad. Okay, so the, our album, I should say, too, it's going to be coming out in the fall. So make sure you uh, head music. .ca. Check that out later on. Oh, yeah, the secret track. We've got a secret track coming up, too. We're not really telling people what the song is, but there is going to be a secret. It would not be a secret, but um, it's going to be something where you're going to go, oh, my fucking God. Anyways, this is something that you probably would uh, like fingers. Pubephilia. <laughs> you know what that is. I remember when we were doing the album cover show, and you asked me to put a specific album by the Black Crows on it because it had a girl, her bottom, mm, and she yeah. was in a bathing suit bottom. And there were some pubic hairs uh, coming out. And you like that, right? I do. And it's okay if it even gets stuck in your teeth or something. It is okay, yeah. right? For you, I would gag. I think I'm, I'm, I like this. Yeah. You like it. Okay, so you're, <laughs> you're a pubophile. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. You guys like that big puff of hair down there? I'll even keep one if you give it to me. <laughs> well, unfortunately, I've got hardwood down there. <laughs> there is some hardware, too. <laughs> oh, my God. What about you, Stone? The big poof? <clears throat> no. It doesn't have to be big poof. Just anything is okay. I'm okay for a little trim. A little trim? Yeah, that's okay, but mostly hardwood. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> I know, actually, my mom loved the hairy guys back in the 70s, and I bet if they took off their pants, it had the big poof. Well, look at Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck, like, that was a big not, guy for her. That's kind of gross to me, but... All the hair on the chest and everything? Yeah, I mean, you know, you get your head in there, and it's like, I'm trying to look... Burt Reynolds, Burt Reynolds was another big one, yeah. She was digging him, too. So when I see a... A girl with armpit hair? Yeah. Does that automatically mean she's got a fluffy muffy? Yeah, she's got a fluffy muffy. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. You can be like, yeah. That's how you can pick 
He'd be like, yeah, baby, come on down. Come on down to the dungeon. <laughs> so people are sexually attracted to or become sexually aroused by the sight or the feel of human pubic hair, whether it's male or female hair. Arousal may occur when seeing or touching the pubic hair, and a person with this fetish may enjoy very thick pubic hair, and his finger says, yeah, bring it on, thicker the better, <laughs> or have a particular preference for color, such as red or ginger-colored pubic hair. Though it may be considered a fetish, some people may consider pubic hair to be aesthetic and a characteristic of a mature male or female. At puberty, many girls find the sudden sprouting of pubic hair disturbing and sometimes are unclean because in many cases, young girls have been screened by their family or by society from the sight of pubic hair. Young boys, on the other hand, tend not to be similarly disturbed by the development of their pubic hair, usually having seen body hair on their fathers. However, to a young boy, the sight of the female pubic region is usually a mystery and young girls are taught to guard their private area from inquisitive young eyes and hands. Young girls are also taught that the sight of a boy's pubic area is rude, immoral, or even repulsive. <laughs> I don't remember that. Actually, I got to interject here. So there's a little story. When I was in grade four, and I went to a new school, and there was a game that I was taught to play, and it was basically the boys would grab our pussies. And we would run at recess time and run as fast as we could because we did not want anybody to catch us, right? And I was just starting to get pubic hair. So I certainly did not want anybody to pull down my pants, right? And this they one time... pull your pants down? Yes, they did. If they caught you... I was the fastest runner because I did not want to be caught. Wow, and our that school, would have happened to my school. <laughs> our school was in the country, and so it was. there was tons of land. And at the very back, there was this tree-lined area that we were not supposed to go in. But this one day, about 20 boys chased me, and I ran as fucking fast as I could, beelined right for that tree line so that I thought I could get through and not get caught. Those little fuckers, they all jumped on me. They pulled my pants down. They were grabbing my pussy. Wow. Grade four. And they, they're like, oh my God, she's got hair. I was the first girl to get hair down there. And so it was just so embarrassing. Oh my God. And I remember going back to the schoolyard after and everybody, you know, all through class, hair, hair, hair. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I know you am, but what am I? I know, exactly. So anyway, it's pretty sad. <laughs> Blue waffle, blue waffle, tell us something <laughs> awful. Oh my God. Now within the contemporary gay community, so-called bears have a distinctive preference for all types of male body hair, including pubic hair, because they like the shaving, the waxing, the manscaping of any part of a man's body, and it's generally frowned upon. They just want the hair to grow. So, you know, if you ever see um, some of the big biker gay guys, they're just like hairy and it's all good people are into right, that. Right. Um, among the upper class in the 19th century Victorian Britain, pubic hair from a lover was frequently collected as a souvenir. The curls were, for instance, worn like cockades in men's hats as potency talismans or exchanged among lovers as tokens of affection. And the Museum of St. Andrews University in Scotland has in its collection of a snuff box full of pubic hair of one of King George's, um, I guess it was the force, mistresses, possibly Elizabeth Conyham, uh, which notoriously lascivious monarch donated to the Fife Sex Club, the Beggar's Benison, <laughs> which actually, I just thought it was kind of interesting because it leads me to a bizarre happening the other day. 
Yeah. I know, you always look at me like, I swear to God, all this shit happens to me. So I was hanging out at a car-free event, and this guy came up behind me and said, please don't find this sexual, but I'm removing a long hair from your back. And I hope you don't mind if I keep it. And I turned around. He was actually a really nice-looking guy. I, I didn't know what to say to him. And then he said, it's a way that I can remember how beautiful you are. And then he took off. So he took my hair with him. So it's some sort of a pickup line. And... Mm. But he kept going. Except for he left. He left. Right. He took my hair and he left. And I was talking to Stone about it, and he actually said that he's probably going to use it to wrap it around his cock and give himself a pull later. A pull? <laughs> like starting a lawnmower? Like a <laughs> <laughs> he's going to use it for his bank bag, but he'll have something that he can actually tie his cock off with. And he thought that was that's pretty what hot. I do. That's what you do. He's yeah. That's what he does. He's in in a crowd. Never, He's like pulling little pieces really of hair. Tie anything, but um. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, isn't that interesting? It's, I know people it, are so interesting. But like you save on dental floss if you kept um, a snuff box full of pubic hair, you, you can just would. take that to work and you wash your work. teeth at lunch. <laughs> save you money on floss. Save you money. Okay, there's a whole new whole new job. Maybe we can create that. That's a whole new. Um, occupation. So let's relax a little bit. It's time to grab another beer, guys, and crank up some Frankie Goes to Hollywood here on Pacific Northwest Radio.
We're back. It's Lara again, if you're just tuning in. Fingers and I, plus our dungeon guest, Stone, have been talking about fetishes. Ones outside of what we consider normal fetish. Have you ever fantasized about eating someone? (laughs) I don't mean oral sex. Wow, no. (laughs) I mean really eating someone. It's called vorarephilia. And it's usually shortened to vor. And it's a sexual paraphilia in which people are sexually aroused by the idea of eating another person or observing this process for sexual gratification. Where do they get to practice this? Well, I'm going to tell you. Since this behavior is unlikely to actually be carried out by the vorophiliac, this behavior is more likely to be a fantasy-based via direct media, like, you know, videos or, or shows or whatever, right? because you don't really hear about it that much. But I found an interesting piece from a discussion group from Dr. Mark Griffiths. It was on his website. Dahmer, again, was mentioned, but the most infamous vorarephiliac is arguably German Armin Muse. Have you guys heard of him before? No. No. Okay, so his case was referred to at length in a 2008 essay in the Archives of Sexual Behavior by Dr. Friedman Plafflin. And he was a forensic psychotherapist at Alm University in Germany. So Muse, a computer technician, gained worldwide media attention as the Rottenberg cannibal for eating and killing a fellow German male victim. He was also a computer technician. This gets even so weird as I go along here. So Muse had allegedly been fantasizing about cannibalism since his childhood and frequented cannibal fetish websites, there actually are those, and posted around 60 ads asking if anyone would like to be eaten by him. (laughs) So it's like, hey, I'm just putting this ad out here. Yeah, my name is, you know, Muse. I was going to commit suicide anyway, so... Yeah, exactly. So he claimed 200 men actually responded to this request, but only one finally met face-to-face. So in March 2002, Bernd Jurgen Brands responded to Muse ad on the internet, and at their one and only meeting at Muse House, their first cannibalistic act was for Muse to bite off Brands penis and then jointly cook and eat it. Cook it. They cooked it. That'd be like sushi. It'd be like sushi. Oh my god. I wouldn't cook it. No, just eat it raw. <laughs> Fuck. Come on, chow down. Brands then drank lots of alcohol, cough syrup, and took sleeping pills and was stabbed to death by Muse in his bath and then videotaped. The body was then stored and over time Muse ate large amounts of it, about 20 kilograms. The one aspect that (laughs) shocked most people was not the fact that Muse ate a lot of Brand's body, but that Brand actually consented to being eaten. Email exchanges between Muse and Brands were later shared in their court case. And Brands, this is from him, he says, Thanks for your mail. You really turned me on. Winter with the temperature at around 5 to 15 degrees below freezing is good weather for slaughter. Great to be naked and tied in weather like that, to be driven to the slaughter. Then you stun me and I collapse. You then hang me up, jerking, and cut my carotid artery. Warm blood flows. Everything goes routinely. I don't have any chance to escape my slaughter at the last moment. It's a real turn on, the feeling of being at your mercy, being in your possession, having to give up my flesh. Muse says, it'll be awesome anyway. Your tasty body on show like that, spicing it, 
tying you up will be no problem. I've got ropes and some cuffs for your hands and feet. I'll really enjoy the bit with the needles. I'll see if I can get hold of some really long ones. I can't wait for you to be here. <laughs> Just a normal uh, conversation. It wasn't until about 18 months after Brand had been killed that police started to investigate Muse. An Austrian student had seen Muse boasting that he had successfully killed and eaten another man. The police then arrested Muse and found human body parts in the freezer and the videotape of the killing. In court, Brand's consent to being killed was accepted by the jury, and Muse was given an eight-and-a-half-year prison sentence for manslaughter. Neither Muse or Brands were deemed mentally ill by the court or by the appointed psychiatrist. Dr. Klaus Beer, who was the Institute of Sexology and Sexual Medicine, Free and Humboldt University of Berlin, Germany, was the expert witness who twice provided forensic expertise on Muse. And he said that Armin suffered neither from a psychosis nor any mental illness or any personality disorder. Quite the contrary, he had the normal IQ and his social competence was high. To everyone who had private or professional contact with him, Armin seemed to be an open-minded and friendly contemporary man who, in the form of contacts, appeared pleasant-natured, flexible, and socially competent, even agile. Even extremely experienced police officers who could not believe what he had done had to put on record that, if they had known not about the offense, Armin never offered anything conspicuous during the entire period of the investigation. A later paper by Dr. Beer in response to Dr. Plaffen noted that before the age of 11, Armin was preoccupied by the idea of incorporating another male by eating his flesh. 11 years old. This is when the kid starts thinking about it. Wow. I know. And this paraphilia caused him to seek unsolicited partners who pretended to mirror his desire insofar that they should have the wish of being incorporated. It took him years to find such a counterpart using the frightening, developed subculture on the internet for that purpose, where people with a special inclination can encourage each other. <laughs> wow! Oh my god, not my cup of tea. I so, gotta actually say that's fucking nuts, sorry. Yeah, so it's not easy to practice this, I don't think. I guess but, not. But you just go to the mortician and say, do you have any scraps this week? <laughs> It's like when you go to the meat packer and say, do you have some dog food or anything for me? Like, yeah. any scraps I can buy on? Well, yeah, I mean, they, they should start maybe thinking about selling corpses to these people and keep them oh, well, satiated, right? Just across the street in the cooler, you can buy a kangaroo, you can buy ostrich. Say, so why not buy some human? You know what? That's probably common. Instead of burning them, why not just freeze yeah, them up? Freeze them up. Why can we kill a cow and not take a dead human and eat it? I know. I'd like to. Okay. <laughs> oh no. Are you one of these sick fuckers? <laughs> no. Someone in particular? Yeah, no kidding. Oh my god. Anyone. Oh my god. I, I mean, I know we always say to each his own, but there's got to be some kind of a line. That's, yeah, that's there's a line. line. I can't believe the courts didn't find them mentally unstable. Well, what worries me is he only got eight years, so that means he's probably out right now. Because those were emails, 2008. right? Yeah. So this is recent. It's recent, 2008. So wow. he's out. He's out right now. He's looking for his next victim. So don't answer any he's of those hungry. ads. He's hungry. It's Maybe, been a while. And someone like that may even have their own farm. Like they breed and kill babies and eat them and stuff. Oh they my might. God. You never know. Betcha. The people farm. 
Yeah. Okay, it's kind of like Soylent Green, but Soylent at least green. they don't get to live their life. Yeah, Soylent Green, if anybody saw that movie. Anyways, okay, I got to get that out of my head. Let's let's listen. We got to bring in some Nine Inch Nails, so let's listen to Closer, because after that, I don't want to eat you. I just want to fuck you like an animal here on Pacific Northwest Radio.
Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hey. Hey. We're back. <laughs> I hope I'm not freaking anybody out on the show tonight. You did. Um, am I freaking you out with any of this shit? No. No? Yeah, you're pretty tough anyways, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is slipping of the fray, everybody. Until I have to see it. I know. It's like, well, we don't want to see that. Maybe the poo one. <laughs> Stone's or in the, the house with us tonight, sushi too. Sushi roll cock. <laughs> sushi roll cock. Oh, my God. Look like prawn tempura. <laughs> that puts a whole other whole other roll to that. Oh, Jesus. Okay. This is the last one I'm going to talk about because I think it's been pretty heavy topic so far. But... And I've never talked about this one before, even when we talked um, a little bit about fetishes on another show, but zoophilia is a sexual fixation on animals. Ah. Yeah, I know. Bestiality is cross-species sexual activity between human and animals. Yeah. Okay, so the terms are often used interchangeably, but some researchers make a distinction between the attraction, zoophilia, and the act, bestiality. So that's how you, you tell them apart. So one is the attraction, and the other is the act. Although sex with animals is not outlawed in some countries, in most countries, bestiality is illegal under animal abuse laws or laws dealing with crimes against nature. You don't want to hurt animals. You don't want to hurt animals. And you know what? A friend of mine years ago gave me this DVD to watch, and I watched it. And I don't know why I did, but it's almost like the train wreck. Yeah. You know, you turn it on, you're like, oh yeah. my God. There was about 10 or 12 different scenes of the most bizarre sexual acts with animals ranging from snakes to pigs to horses to, oh my God, um, what else was there, dogs. And there was actually a guy getting a blowjob by a cow. (laughs) Wow. I'm not kidding. Well, he, he was going to town. That cow was sucking that cock. I'm not kidding. I was so shocked. I was shocked. I had to watch it. Uh, Maybe. Maybe. He was. It was in his mouth. He was. He was sucking it. I swear to God. And Farmer Dell would be so ashamed of that video. Oh my God. The Kinsey reports rated a percentage of people who had sexual interaction with animals at some points in their lives as 8% for men and 3.6% for women, and claimed it was 40 to 50% in people living near farms. But some later writers disputed the figures because apparently the study lacked a random sample in it that included a disproportionate number of prisoners. So um, this caused the sampling uh, to be biased. A horse would probably think it's a carrot and bite it off. Oh my God, can you imagine? (laughs) Comp. Nancy Friday's 1973 book on female sexuality in my secret garden comprised around 190 fantasies from different women and 23 involved zoophilia. So there you go. I wonder if watching kangaroos jerk off is zoophilia. Because they do that. (sighs) Would you get off on that? (laughs) Watching some kangaroos jerking off? I thought it was funny. Wow. But did it turn you on? It's not really a fantasy then. Oh. Yeah, it's not really. Okay. No, I'm sorry. But, you know, it's just... <laughs> Thought I'd try. Yeah. <laughs> the Humane Society of the United States has said that as animals don't have the same capacity for thinking as humans, they are unable to give full consent. That's why it's against the law. 
But some defenders of bestiality, because there are many of those in the world, argue the same issue of sexual consent is irrelevant because many legal human practices such as semen collection, artificial insemination, hunting, laboratory testing, and slaughtering animals for meat do not involve the consent of animals. So that's very interesting. The internet is stacked full of sexual videos with animals, snakes, rodents, beavers, you name it. There's a flavor for everyone, I guess, if you're into this kind of thing. And I'm not too sure about having sex with a beaver. (laughs) That would be interesting unless you're talking about a pussy, of course. But let's get off topic just for a quick second because we're still speaking about animals. And as a vegetarian and a lover of animals, any abuse towards an animal is totally unaccepted. We're just talking about this because there are people that actually, you know, are into this... this, um, Zoophilia, so yeah, that's why we're bringing wanted it. The animal wanted it. Yeah. yeah, they're like, oh yeah, give it to me, baby. Yeah, if a dog humps your leg, it's giving yeah. you consent. Yeah. It's it's giving consent. <laughs> okay, so that may be up to debate. Anybody listening that is uh, totally horrified by this conversation, they can write in at lyric underscore j at shaw.ca and tell me all about it. But I wanted to say that if you live in BC and you are, you know, kind of aware of current events, you probably are in the know of what's happening right now on the news. There is six sick men from Elite Farm Services, and I'm giving it a shout out because I'm totally horrified by this. It's a chicken catching service that rounds up chickens for slaughter on behalf of Lilydale and Sofina Foods in BC. They were actually fired after footage was released of them torturing chickens, forcing them into sexual acts, as well as other sick, cruel treatment. Wow. Now, I know, did you see that video that's going around? I heard about around? it, but I haven't watched it, and I don't think I need to. <sighs> really fucked up. I did, because I have to. Oh my God, I wish I hadn't seen it. It is just atrocious. Wow. It's so disgusting. They should, People are fucked. They need more to, than just be fired. I know. I know exactly. So my hope... Those people, like those, those the people that did that, it doesn't matter matter that it was a chicken. The yeah. next time it's going to be a kid. Yeah. You never know, They're right? They're sick. They're sick. Sick individuals. So my hope is that instead of just getting the book thrown at them, that they're going to be sent to jail. I hope and, so. And they're going to be in with some people that love animals. Right. And they're going to they're gonna fucking, they're yep. going to teach them a lesson. Good. That's all I got to say. So anyways, um, on that note, sorry for the downer, but I'm hoping that that fires you up because if you get a rant for us, it's a rant of the week. Why would a company make a microwave that needs a demonstration mode? When do I need to practice or see how a microwave works? It makes no sense. Leave it alone. Let me cook. It's bullshit. Demo mode. How do you get out of the demo? Can you show me how the popcorn cycle works? Yeah, you push this button. Okay. <laughs> it's bullshit. Demo mode. That's the most useless amount of brain power I've ever seen in my life. You can't even get it off. That's what she said. After Google research, you push this button three times in a row, or maybe five. Wow. That's bullshit. <laughs> That's bullshit. Demo mode. Demo of a mode. microwave. Oh my god. I could take the microwave for a test drive, folks. I know. How it started, I have to confess, we were in the studio the other day, and I was playing with the pussy cat, right? And I was leaning. <laughs> pussy cat. <laughs> and I was leaning, and I kept hearing these beeping noises, and I didn't realize that I was actually playing with your microwave. And set it to demonstration I mode. I said it's a demo like, mode. I just, know. just for like the sales guy at Simpson Sears to I show know. you. And somehow you cracked the code and oh, got into that. fuck. 
That so was my fault. All day I didn't know what time it was. Did you know it was me? Had to eat frozen sausage. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's probably better it was frozen yeah, than when it's all greasy. All <laughs> frozen sausage. I am so sorry. When when you said that, I instantly went, Oh my god, I wonder if he knows it was me. I didn't even know I did it, but fuck, I felt guilty. That's it for this show. Oh, so, so sorry about that uh, microwave incident there, fingers. But if you liked tonight's show, tune in every Thursday night at 9 p.m. for another episode of Slipping in the Frame with me, Lyric Fingers. And maybe we'll have somebody else on the show. Maybe Stone will come back again. What do you say? If you miss a show, don't worry. You're going to find us on demand at PacificNorthwestRadio.com. Go to the top right corner and click On Demand, and there you'll find all of our shows, not just Slipping in the Fray, but all of our other programming. It is radio 24-7, online all the time. If you like Twitter, me too. I'm there, and so is Pacific Northwest Radio. You can find me at Lyric underscore Head Music and at Pacific NW Radio. You say you want more social media? Okay, get to my lyric page and slip into the fray page on Facebook. Find Head Music if you're into that at headmusic.ca. And don't forget to write me because I love to hear from you. Lyric underscore J at shaw.ca. Fetish? It's what you want it to be. Experiment. Don't say no until you try it. You never know. Sex is so much fun. Slow, dirty, sexy, crazy, whatever it is, just do it. You'll never know until you try it. And then you can't say no. But I'm betting for the most part you're going to say yes, please. So get out there. Head to your bedrooms right now. Your cars, your elevators, the neighbor's yard, whatever, whenever. Just have sex. It is so good for you. Life is short, so get out and get your Yahoo on. Until next time, this is Lyric and Fingers and Stone. Say goodnight, Fingers. See ya. Say goodnight, Stone. Everyone, happy fucking until next time. Peace out. Let's go.